Welcome to Good Evening Austin. I'm your host, Layla Schaefer. Top stories tonight? A rash of strange homicides in the South Congress District have grabbed the city and caused widespread fear. In a press conference at City Hall today, Police Chief Linda Stinton released a statement urging citizens to stay inside after dark, adding that if it is necessary to go out, travel in groups of three or more is recommended. Chief Stinton also encouraged Austin residents to form neighborhood watch groups, stating that police representatives will be made available to assist community organizers. In other news, the Central Texas Nudists are petitioning the city to attend next month's first Thursday festival in the nude. The city council is in an uproar. At last night's open council meeting, Councilwoman Joan Lipton stated, We should keep Austin appropriate. This has provoked a backlash from the Professional Live Musicians Group, which released a statement saying, We should keep Austin weird, as our official city motto says. Finally tonight, Claire Benning is suing Austin Light and Power and the city of Austin for injuries she claims her husband, Troy, sustained due to exposure to the mercury used in Austin's famous Moonlight Towers. The lawsuit could cost the city up to $4 million and force closures of the landmarks. And now over to Tom with the weather. And now, RPG MP3 and the Guild of Geeks presents the Dresden Files. We're all mad here. Good evening. Good evening. Loud. What's up, guys? Folks? Not much. How's it going? Good. As long as everything uh, stays together on this end and not have a... Uh... Another computer glitch. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> cool. No, no, no. I what... have I have a new modem now. Everything's fine on my end. I, I well. I'm, I'm starting to think it's the subject matter. You know, one of <laughs> us is a wizard. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so uh, I haven't had a chance to read the wave, but um, that might be okay because we should go through every step of the way here for the listeners. Right. So. Mm-hmm. So, uh, did you catch that the priest chief is a woman? Her name is Ellen Stanton. Yeah, I caught that. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I I can't remember if I wrote that down in the, in the city worksheet. I didn't see it there. I don't think you did. I did write it. Linda Stinton. I I got it wrong. (laughs) I wrote Ellen Stanton on my notes, but it's Linda Stinton. Also, the mayor of Austin's name is Thornton Gerard III. A lot of old blood. Yeah, and the uh, the leader of the um, the hardliners, the the White Council conservative faction, his name is Clifford Ransom. Ransom. Yes. <laughs> okay. So so there you go. So the, that's the sort of um, that's the. I thought it might help you to get a, an idea of that being the the sort of introductory. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> Someone's either opening prayer candy or oh. <laughs> no, I have no idea. That, that yeah, what nice. is that? That oh. would be nice. That would be really loud in the DM's ear. <laughs> I can't believe that we've got a group of four geeks here, and neither one of you, Mark or Sam, realized that that was dice. Seriously. Well, no, it's because I was talking at the same time. It was so it sounded sort of like a crackling, weird cellophane wrapper or something. Oh, okay. And, and <laughs> I was my, gonna have my, to take away. My daughter was still sitting here eating, eating peanuts, and I was thinking, was it was it her? Was it was she doing that? <laughs> no. Okay, see, I have no excuses because I'm home alone. Even the dog is over at mom's. 
Um, and then let's uh, let's just take a second to go through um, what we're doing. I sort of did this a little bit last time, and Candace got knocked off the internet. So um, so basically, we created the city last time, and I'm not going to go over that again. Everybody has the notes from that, and and everything. But um, basically, here's the way character creation works. You figure out your template or what type of profession or what type of general characteristic you are, what type of general character you are, and then a power level, which we've determined is submerged, and then a high concept and a trouble, which is basically sort of um, your main thrust of your of your person now as you are now, and then what's the main trouble in your life. And the trouble is usually something that um, is not fixable. It's not something like, oh, my trouble is, you know, my car broke down. That's not the type of trouble that we're talking about. We're talking about a temptation or a personality flaw or a psychological flaw that will cause you to react in certain ways in the game. Uh, and then we move on to the phases. And in the phases, uh, we determine, you know, what your background is. How did you grow up? Where did you come from? Where was your family uh, in terms of socioeconomic status, in terms of location, in terms of everything else uh, like that in your young life, and then sort of what has shaped you uh, for your, you know, what sort of conflicts have shaped the type of person that you are and what, what sorts of decisions have you made. Um, and then we move into a phase where we describe what your first adventure was and how you sort of... Um, learned about yourself as you are now. And then we, the, the two last phases uh, deal with integrating everyone's stories together. So uh, the fourth phase is, uh, you know, whose path have you crossed? And so in, in, those fa in that phase, we'll integrate the other two people into one of yours uh, story, okay? Uh, are we going to integrate them into all, all three? I think we probably will. Um, so so f the fourth and fifth phase for us, because there's only three of you, is sort of going to be the same because what we'll do is um, we'll probably have – so the third phase is what was your first adventure. And in the fourth phase, for example, let's say we do Candace and can't we figure out Candace's first adventure. And then in phase four, we decide that Aaron, uh, Aaron's character played a big role in her, in her first adventure. Okay. And then the fifth phase would throw Mark into Candace's story, but in a, in a lesser, sort of more minor role. Okay, and then we would go through and and integrate all of you. I, I'm, I'm, you know, we'll see how it goes, right? I mean, this is completely cooperative, right. and I'm just giving you an idea of how it can be. If if one of you ends up not in one of the other person's stories, but in the third person's, then that's fine too. It doesn't really matter um, because we can deal with that in the game. It's it's perfectly fine. Um, but with three of you, I think the book even says, you know, if you have three people, chances are um, you're going to integrate. Two people are going to be highly integrated, and maybe the third person will be highly integrated, and and maybe not. So it's just sort of up to the group. Uh, and then after that, we'll talk about skills and stunts and powers and. Uh, talk about refresh levels and fate points and stuff like that. And that's probably going to take us the whole time tonight. Um, but I do want to talk about the type of game that you want to play there at the end. So 
you know, do you want a whimsical, light, funny game, or do you want a serious, gritty, tough, you know, hard world game, or do you want something in between, or, you know, things like that. I already talked to Aaron a little bit about it, um, but we'll we'll just get all that conversation on the record. Um, but for now, let's, uh, let's start filling out everyone's um, character sheets. So... Who wants to go first? Okay, I'll start. <laughs> I, I guess we're going to start with the uh, high concept. Sure. Uh, well, a name. Let's start with yeah, a, a name. Might be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on. All right. The At the moment, name. Uh, Red uh, is, is his nickname, and I actually had his real name, which is slightly different than the one you had. Oh, it was going to be John Strange. Okay. Um, well, that that one that was in there was what we had before you decided to be red. So right. So I, I pulled strange because it's uh, it was one of the three hundred first families of Austin, and okay. uh, he, he's going to have some pretty fair lineage in in, in the town here. Okay. Uh, and so so, that, so it, um, say your actual real name too. Just for the audience. <laughs> oh, well, uh, I'm going to go by Jester OC. I'm on okay. Twitter. All right. And um, one word capital O, capital C. That's if it matters. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can use so, followers. I don't know why. <laughs> All right. Um, so, what you're, you're using the wizard template, is that correct? Right. Right. Okay. And. Uh, so what's your high concept? High concept is homeless wizard fighting his way back to sanity. <clears throat> okay. And then uh, do you have a trouble picked out? Yeah. Um, this one is going to tie in, hopefully, to the first adventure. Um, but the trouble is I can perceive so much it's unreal. The, of course, good part about that, uh, as with all aspects, you try to have a little of both. Okay, uh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, go ahead. Say, say that again. Sorry. I'm sorry. It's, I, per, I can perceive I, so much it's unreal. Yeah. All right. And the uh, what what I'm aiming for with that one is, one, he he has a pretty good alertness, so that was going to go in with that. And uh, it's also he sees things that aren't always real or aren't always there. And it's one of the reasons he's homeless and he's uh, he's a little bit fragmented in that. Okay. Now, when you say that he sees things that aren't always real, do you really mean that they aren't real, or do you mean that he sees them because he has the sort of wizardly power, but maybe he doesn't believe them, or no, a no. Com combination of everything? It could be a combination because what what's happened is he had a mind attack, and he really does see things that aren't there, and now he doesn't trust the real things as much. Because he thinks maybe he's imagining them, um, okay. so he has he has a, uh, a a tough grasp on exactly what's real, which is going to make him it's going to be a good trouble to he'll, he'll hesitate more often. He'll try to confirm stuff when he doesn't need to. Uh, it could be really hopefully used real well for the GM to really muck with uh, muck with me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, so the wizard template has the following musts. Um, you have to take evocation, thaumaturgy, the sight, soul gaze, and wizard's constitution. Is that correct? Yeah. 
Okay. So we'll get to those later. Um, so what are you thinking in terms of background? For uh, background, uh, I'll just give the uh, couple sentences or you know, two or three sentences and then the aspect that represents that. And uh, the Strange family was one of the 300 old families that originally settled Austin uh, County years ago. Red's father, okay. which I haven't named yet, but Red's father... Want me to slow down, give you a chance to write that? I, I did send you an email with, I think, all this information. So Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not writing the whole thing verbatim. Oh, okay. I'm just making okay. notes. John's father, uh, excuse me, yeah, Red's father wants John to give up his powers and become normal, uh, just as uh, he had done. So his father used to be, or at least had wizard powers, but gave them up, uh, okay. to, basically to control the family business. Uh, when John is in trouble... His father's people have a habit of showing up with solutions to his problems. And uh, too bad the terms are always uh, so bad. So, you know, his dad's always there with money and resources, but, uh, yeah, there's always strings attached, which is the aspect. Father's help has strings attached. Okay. All right, and so what's your rising conflict? Um, the idea is over the years, Red has uh, developed an overactive sense of independence, and he has trouble accepting help from all but his closest allies, and the aspect is I can and will do it myself. Okay. And, of course, this, this leads in, feeds into the problem of him not seeing things, and he really doesn't try to go for professional help. He's trying to fix it all himself. And as you can tell, it's not working out too well for him. Right. Okay, so let's stop there for you and go on to someone else. That way we get everybody's background and rising conflict. And then we'll come back to you and talk about your first adventure. And Sounds then that way, that way when we at, start adding everybody together, we already have an idea of how those people are and how those characters are. Okay? Yep. So who wants to go next? I guess I can. Okay, go ahead. All right, so uh, character's name is William Stewart. All right. Uh, template is also wizard. Mm-hmm. Uh, high concept is uh, wise-ass young white council wizard. Okay. Uh, and tru- go ahead. Your trouble? Sorry, I was just going to ask for your trouble. <laughs> uh, trouble is wizards have nine lives like cats. Right, as in uh, curiosity killed the cat. Okay. And basically, just implying that he likes to, to he's curious about a whole lot of things, and he gets in, in, into trouble uh, looking into whatever happened happened to catch it. Okay, so as a wizard, you have the same musts as uh, Jester O.C.'s character. Right. Um, uh, so, what's your background? Uh, background, the, the name of the aspect is No More Normal Life, and okay. I'm going to sum up because I, I actually wrote it quite a bit. Uh, basically, his parents met and got married in Scotland. Um, they lived there till he was nine, then they moved to Austin. Uh, his parents divorced when William was 14, uh, basically when uh, William's powers started to come out. Uh, now, did his powers have anything to do with their divorce? Yes. 
Okay, does he know that? Yes. Okay, well, let's hear it. <laughs> well, let's hear what? That, that, that let's, pretty much let's hear up. how that came about. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, you you have more in mind, so... Well, that's well, no, that's that's pretty much the background right there. I just wrote a lot more to say what I just summed up. Oh, okay. Um, so does he blame himself for their split? Uh, no, not exactly. He mostly blames his dad. Okay. Because basically, basically, his dad kept it from kept the fact that he was that his dad was a wizard kept it from his mom. So the first time his mom knew anything about that was when when my character started showing evidence of power. Ah, okay. Okay. Uh, and so what's your uh, rising conflict? Uh, the aspect for rising conflict is you can't go home again. Um, basically, William um, goes back to Scotland to begin his apprenticeship. Um, he doesn't apprentice under his dad. He apprentices under another wizard. Um, and he doesn't have a lot of contact with with either of his parents at that point. So does his dad go back into using magic then? Yeah, well, I mean, he'd been using it the whole time. He'd just been really keeping it kind of quiet. Okay, okay. All right, so that's good enough for that. Uh, Candace, how about you? Okay, um, I named her Dahlia Casey. I just picked Casey out of the air. And she's a focused practitioner. What I had for her high concept aspect is absent-minded alchemist. I was toying (laughs) around with, you know, different ways of phrasing that, but that one pretty well sums it up. The only thing that it doesn't bring into play is the fact that she's got this new shop that she's got to take care of. So if anybody's got any ideas on how I can work that in, I'm open to them. (laughs) Um, Can't think of anything off the top of my head. No. Well, I've been working on it in a couple days, and the best I could come up with is absent-minded alchemist, so I guess I'll stick with that. That works That works with the shop. I don't yeah. think it's a conflict. Well, okay, so for her trouble, what I have is um, right here, not that you'd notice. <laughs> I started out with the concept of kind of an invisible girl character, like very... Um, she blends into the background very well. She doesn't stand out. Like, she's not overly beautiful. She's very plain. Uh, she's very bookish. So she'll hear and know a lot of what's going on, but not necessarily be noticed for it. Uh, it would be a good thing because she could be standing in the middle of a room and overhearing things, but people wouldn't necessarily realize she was there. The other aspect of that one could be She's standing right there, and nobody's paying attention to her, even though she has something really important or really pertinent that would really help out. So it could definitely kind of go both ways there. Okay. And so I show that a focused practitioner's musts are channeling and ritual. I only went with one. One or both of them, right, one or both. So which one did you go for? I went with ritual. Interesting. And what's your background? I'm actually quite normal. I had a happy, well-adjusted childhood. Um, uh, There is a maternal line of power slash gifts in the family. 
So my mother was a kitchen witch and the grandmother um, is a little bit more into the practical side of things. Like her mother is a little bit more about the energies of a place, more of a, a feng shui kind of person. Whereas grandma is more about, you know, charms and more potiony type things, which would explain why she would have the shop in Austin. Um, okay. When she was very young, she was given an easy bake oven for Christmas. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and that kind of started out her whole uh, foray into the magical. So this this easy bake oven is kind of a, a key figure, and she still has one very, very similar to it. Her grandmother was her mentor um, because, again, Dahlia's talents lend more toward the physical. So while mom is there and supportive, she's not exactly able to help out her little girl. That's okay. I'm imagining a very young character, like maybe early 20s kind of deal. So when I went with background and rising conflict, I kind of went early childhood and teenage years slash early post-secondary. So that okay. that one pretty well cuts off my background right there, that her nice, normal, happy childhood filled with cookies and potions. Okay, so what's your aspect for that phase? I have ooh, shiny. Okay. Because <laughs> everything is all very new to her, and there's she's very taken with it, and it's all very ooh, shiny. And she learned to cook with a light bulb. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> You're missing um, out, Sam. I'm telling you. I'm missing out. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, okay, so what's your rising conflict? Okay, my rising conflict is uh, in my early teen years, or in Dahlia's early teen years, Gran up and moved to Austin. So right away she lost her mentor. Um, she, basically, Gran would visit twice a year, once during the summer, once at around Christmas time. So she started to turn to books at that point, um, learning everything she could from the different places she had access to, like um, books given for gifts, books that she could find on her own, visits to strange library sections. Um, after that, shortly after that, she, it's not like she was an, uh, not a social child. She did have friends, but uh, her main friend growing up through school suddenly had to move because her parents got a new job in another town in I'll say sophomore year of high school. So that just shoved her further into the book. She started instead of becoming more and more of an extrovert, she decided, well, everybody's leaving. So I'm just going to be a studious little bookworm. Okay. So what's the aspect there? Books are a girl's best friend. Okay. I have more to it, but pretty much everything is, you know, she did have a social life, but she wasn't one of the popular crowd. She kind of blended mm -hmm. into the background, which is kind of the whole trouble aspect. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, were her parents, um, did her parents ignore her? Did they, like, have their own lives, and so she was... Not that they didn't love her, but maybe they just didn't pay a lot of attention to her. It wasn't so much as a lack of attention as a lack of ability to, like, dad's a normal. He mm -hmm. has no magical ability whatsoever. But because mom tends toward 
the more energy slash spiritual side of things, she's kind of at a loss as to what to do with Dahlia because she can't really help her out here other than say, here, sweetie, here's a book. I can't help you with that because I can't do that. It's not my thing. Right. Okay. All right. Well, uh, who wants to talk about their first adventure? <laughs> I actually didn't yeah, even right. have any. I didn't even bring any ideas to to tonight for that. I, I figured it would be a collaborative thing. So okay, all right. Well, well, want me to step up and at least give one a give mine there and sure if you if you want to. Uh, and this I I'm taking this directly from um you know the the book where they suggest how to sentence you know structure your sentence. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's like when a psychomancer comes to town, Red meets him uh, head on. But will Red succeed when the psychomancer had him as a target all along? Ta-ta. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. And um, this is, of course, how he got, you know, so traumatized. And um, so the aspect is we are family. Uh, with with the tune in your head, if you want to use uh, think of it, and uh, so how so, does how does that aspect relate to the to the to the adventure? Because uh, essentially, I'm going to have uh, hopefully two uh, friends show up and uh, help me out of the situation, and mm-hmm. that's going to be his core of trust. You know, because up till now, he always wants to do it all by himself. Because I can and will do it myself. And so he just goes out and he just gets his butt handed to him. And then he has two friends that come and help him. And he finally learns to trust. And so we are family. So the aspect I'm planning on using is it's going to – he's going to be predictable for the bad guys because, you know, you you threaten one of his friends, he's going to go in. You know, it's actually going to work. At the same time, the the good aspect, if anything involves his friends, I could uh, you know uh, invoke that aspect for uh, as a bonus. Okay, uh, so either you or someone else set the scene for me and and tell me how everybody else comes in. So uh, you can. So let me let me make that a little more clear. So you, John Strange, you can set the scene. And make it relatively vague when this uh, final confrontation is happening. And then Candace and Aaron can jump in and say how their characters came into the scene, which is why we have to leave it sufficiently vague. (laughs) Right, exactly. Uh, So essentially, uh, Red was tailing this uh, psychomancer uh, all through this story, and... um, he kept thinking that the psychomancer was going after uh, minor powers in the city, and uh, so Red, you know, informed his friends that he was on on onto something, and he told everybody essentially to um, stay away because this guy's real t- powerful, and I'll take care of him uh, because he he was the um, the protector of the city for for uh, for a time. Okay. And uh, essentially, instead of you know, he runs into a, uh, an apartment building, uh, thinking that he's saving someone, and it turns out 
this is a heavily warded trap, and he just gets mind zonked, and uh, he he basically passes out, lo- loses a uh, consciousness, and someone came and saved him. So, okay, uh, how's that for vague? <laughs> Save All you right. guys. So you guys want to jump in here and? Okay, I, I think it's where I come in would seem fairly straightforward. Um, as probably the new White Council wizard in town, I would probably go looking for the last uh, the the last one who was station, who was in Austin. And uh, over the course of that, I just I ran across. I was while uh, while Red was tailing the bad guy, I was kind of trying to find Red and tailing him. And I happened to show up right at the uh, right at the right time to keep uh, Red from swimming with the fishes. <laughs> and how did you do that? Probably by blasting the crap out of something. Probably just, uh, or at least distracting the distracting him long enough to to get Red out of danger. Sounds good. Okay. Candace, where do you fall in here? Um, actually, if nobody minds, I'm going to backtrack that a little bit because it looks like William's got saving John all sewn up. Um, okay. So what if we had our resident psychomancer pay our magic shop a visit, intending to threaten Grandma, not realizing Grandma's dead, and has a very strange, very kind of surrealistic, okay, I'm here to threaten you, but I really don't know who the hell you are kind of moment with Dahlia, at which point Red can show up and be like, yeah, this guy's bad news. Stay away from him. Is everybody cool with that one? Because I'm a minor power, guys. I got no real... You know what I'm, I'm thinking, a focus practitioner. You know, I was thinking your character would be perfect for his recovery. And helping could... him try to piece his, his mind back together. Okay. Ah, uh, but the reason that she does that is because you warned her off of that guy and told her to stay away from him. Yeah, I like yeah. that. All right. That works. Sounds good. All right. So that's good. Um, so that's red. Let's talk about William Stewart. Okay. Or you want to do, do um, Yeah, do, do we want to talk I- about the do, do you have an idea about uh, Dahlia first? Do you, did you have a, a first adventure set up for her? Um only very vaguely. I was kicking around ideas of more along the lines of what I just said to tie it in with um, to tie it in with red. Like I was just thinking maybe we I had a a visit from a the local white council member trying to pressure me into leaving the city, like selling the shop or closing it. or So perhaps it was the psychomancer that showed up and did that, just basically getting into the city and discovering, oh, my God, there's a lot more here going on than just me taking over Grand's shop. Okay, there's, there's, one, there's one thing, though, about character creation that that makes that not 
I know it, well. it doesn't really work. I know. So I just I'm yeah. really want to tie so, that in with other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, um, so your first adventure has to have you as the main character. And if we make your first adventure the same sort of incident where Rend mm-hmm. came in and talked to you about that guy, that's part of his story. Yeah. Where he's the main guy. And so it's not that I don't think you should have that necessarily. It's just that then – let me put it this way. I would rather hear about three different stories where the three of you intertwined and helped each other yeah. versus one sort of story where you're all tied together, right? Yeah. So this, the sort of purpose of this is give you all a story where you're the main character and there's two minor actors there. And so if we make everybody's main story the same incident, it doesn't really work that way. Yeah. No, I get it. I just – I that was basically all I had yeah, yeah. kicked around. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I think also the – just want to clarify my thoughts on it. The first adventure doesn't necessarily have to be your first you know, time you're around because obviously my character had been around for a long time. But it's the first time he, it, he got a story for himself. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, so, absolutely. so, so yeah. other people's first adventures can obviously came come later, if you want after, after this, or it could be before this. It, it just because it says first adventure, it just it really just means, you know, the first thing that makes sets you apart and sets you on the course of where you are now. Okay, so um, let's go back to William. Okay. Um, so what what happened? Let me ask you this: What happened? So you went to where'd you go? Scotland. Yeah. To finish your. To basically be trained. To, right. To, to be do trained. my apprenticeship. And then your aspect is you can't go home again. Now, does that refer to the fact that? You can't go home because your parents are are not accepting of you, or does that mean that when you went back to Scotland, you sort of realized that you're not quite exactly like these other people being trained? Or it, it, it's a couple of different things. It's you know, in the in the literal sense, he it's um, he has a broken home now. I mean, his parents are divorced. He's not on good terms with his dad. He doesn't really talk to his mom. Um, and in the second sense that he's yeah like you said he's not he's not a normal person he's you know he's got powers and that sort of thing mm-hmm. so what what made him come to austin uh he was basically asked um by the white council they needed to have somebody around to keep an eye on the situation because of all the ley lines and all the uh supernatural activity going on there they need to have somebody there and because of the the war with the Red Court, they can't spare anybody more uh, experienced. They just need somebody who's who's fully trained. Um, William's not much more than maybe a year uh, out of being an, an apprentice. He's only been a full wizard, uh, according to the council, for probably less than a year. Okay. What happened when you got to Austin? 
Um, well, I'm not going to go with the first adventure thing because, I, like I said, I thought that I think that my the first thing I would have done in Austin is go find Red, basically, and we already covered that. Uh, so I'm gonna. I'm but gonna why go would with, you go? Uh, wait, 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 wait. But, but no, no. I, I don't mean like first adventure. Like what was the? I wasn't asking because I want to make that your first adventure. I was just asking like I'm trying to sort of figure I, out. I, I think there needs to be a better term than first adventure for that phase. Yeah, right. probably. Um, but but so let me ask you this: Why would you seek out Red? Because he is familiar with the area more than. Uh, but how would you know about him? I probably would have been told by the White Council. Like, yeah, maybe he was given orders like, okay, mm-hmm. when you get to Austin, check in with Red. He's the uh, the guy in charge there. And so yeah. he comes out. Oh, see- so is the White the White Council is unaware that Red has sort of lost his mind? Right. Yeah. Okay. All right, got it. They just know just Red's needed- there, and that's the important thing to them right now. But they're sending that William's almost kind of back up. He's helped because the situation's not getting any better. And instead of being a backup, he turns out he's he turns into the main guy really quick because yeah. Red just happens to break right at that point. Yeah. Okay. So William, what was the what was the thing that sort of made you realize you're kind of on your own in a way, and you're the star of your own story rather than being the backup man? Um, I'm. Because that's, that's, that's your first adventure, right? Yeah. I'm trying to think that um, that William was starting to investigate on his own uh, all the, the supernatural situations and trying to figure out what factions are at play, um, what, what factions aren't at play, who's big and who's strong. And I figure um, this is – this isn't set in stone or anything like that, but uh, one of the one of the killings that's gone on, um, William recognized it as some kind of vampire, and he goes investigating it and basically runs into uh, one or more of the blacks that are in there, the the black vampires. Um, okay. And Which is surprising because you thought it was going to be all reds. Yeah, I, I, I William probably would have expected reds because of the war. He probably wasn't looking so much for. He certainly wasn't looking for Black Court. Mm-hmm. He probably would. He probably wouldn't have been as surprised if it were White Court, but he was definitely surprised. Okay, and then what happened? And then, uh, probably he probably would have tried to take out. I mean, he probably doesn't. He doesn't know there's a nest there, so he probably mm-hmm. would have tried to find that lone black or what he thought was a, the lone black court and take it out, you know, destroy it before it could attack and kill anybody else or before it could build a nest. Okay. And that's kind of and where I figure I figure I'd probably go for some go for help from, from somebody else who knows the situation better or can provide assistance. Mm. I guess I would probably step in at that point, unless. Uh, here's the problem it. with that. Here, here's the problem. Um, you run into, you run across evidence of a black court of a vampire. You figure out that it's a black court vampire. You want to go destroy them before they start a nest. Here's the problem: if you actually do your Succeeded. job <laughs> and you go find their nest. 
Um, you so I guess what I was thinking was you guys don't really know there's a nest there yet. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I okay. didn't figure that I'd find the nest. I figure I would just find out that there's more than one and kind of get over my head. Okay, so set up the scene. Uh, let me think. In a relatively vague way. <laughs> well, it would probably be, um, I would probably be investigating the area where the, the murder took place and trying to find, you know, using thaumaturgy, see if I could find any traces of them. And uh, basically do it, because I'm young and inexperienced, do it kind of stupid, you know, do it late at night, do it by myself and not really tell anybody um, what's going on, you know, so nobody knows I'm out there. Mm-hmm. And then I just, I, I basically get on, in over my head. I, I'm ambushed more or less and have to retreat. That's what I was thinking. And then I have to go to go for help. Right. So, here, but here's the thing. So, um, I guess, I, I guess the issue I'm having is that. You, All right. You, let's let's keep, scrap wait, 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 wait. You keep, no, no, no. You keep. No, no. You keep. It, no, I because I like the story. Actually, I think it's good that you've discovered that the black court's there. Okay. But what happens is you keep ending the story with "I go for help," and what really needs to happen is you need to end the story at the point where you're really in trouble, and they have to be able to help you right then. Because that puts them as the minor players in your story, right? So, for example, in in the other story that we already talked about, he got in trouble with this big bad dude. Well, I don't want to do that because then I'm essentially replaying the exact same thing. Okay. So what happens when you go to get help then? Does everyone believe you or does no one believe you? I'm not sure that – Candace's character would know what I was talking about in general. Candace, would that be appropriate? Yeah, that that's fair to say. Okay. And I don't know, what would you say, Mark, about Red? Oh, he'd believe it. Okay. <laughs> but he he would he he would probably uh start seeing too many people as as uh as possible sources of the vector, uh, I mean, of the issues. I would assume he, he would be there. He'd give you a whole lot of lore on how to defeat him. Oh, you probably already know that. Never mind. Um, how about give you, uh, set you up with a couple enchanted items? You know, because at this point, he's already starting to collect, like, to hoard stuff. And uh, he would basically try to give you advice, and he'd probably shadow you. Um, I would assume what, what he would do is give you stuff what he, he thinks is going to help you, and then essentially shadow you around uh, the town at that point. Uh, in case you need help, he would step in uh, to help with the, the final thing. So if, if later on in the final end you know, story, climactic story, you're actually doing most of the heavy lifting, but I'll be there just to tilt the uh, the fight in your favor. And I'd be, okay. like, cackling from the shadows coming up all crazy looking, and you're like, what? what the heck did... Yeah, and then help at the last minute. Yeah, and, and maybe I can get, a like, a potion 
or something from from Candace's character as well. Because even if she doesn't believe me, maybe she has something that that might be useful in a general combat sort of situation. Your patronage is always appreciated. Yes. <laughs> uh, it could even be like this. Um, you discover that there's a black court vampire, and you go to, to you follow him or her somewhere. Okay thinking you're going to, in the end, defeat them because it's only one and you need to get rid of it before it starts a nest. But you figure out when you get there that there's at least three of them. But you don't know if there's a real nest there or not. So you go to get help. You talk to Red. Red says, oh, here, take these items and here's how you use them and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, tells you a bunch of crazy sounding stuff too. Then follows you. And when you go and you find this black cord again, you start battling him, but Red has shadowed you. So when the other three or four or however many are there are about to jump in and ambush you and destroy you fully, they notice that Red is there. And they go, whoa, 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 we can't deal with two of them. Maybe one we could have taken, but two, no way. That'll cause too much of a stir. We're going to have to let this person, this this one of our you know, comrades, fall and let you think that you've won the battle. Right, and how about – so they never show up, but Red sees him, and Red starts saying, man, you should have seen him. There was like four or five others, and of course there's no evidence of that, mm-hmm. so it just be, is considered babbling. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah, that works. Okay. I like that. All right. It also goes with the uh, the nine lives thing, right? Because you follow him and you don't realize you're in so much danger. But Red knows that you would be in danger even against one. So he shadows you and then turns out he sees the three or four others, but you don't believe it, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, come on. He's nuts, right? But Yeah. Okay. That's good. All right. Now, what's Candace doing in that story? Yeah, that's that's a very, very good question. Huh. <laughs> so, uh, Candace, what, what, do you see your characters going out and taking on these powers? Or being a support, would, like a Q? Um, yeah, no, that would... I don't think I'm going to decide I'm going to, you know, load up on potions and head out and jump right into the fray, but if people were to suddenly show up and ask things, or to look for equipment, we'll say, then yeah, I would probably help out with that, and probably get hauled along for the ride. She's not exactly going to go out of her way, I don't think. Well, we need someone to drive the car. <laughs> oh, yeah, see, the, there you go. The okay, I'll drive vehicle. the car. <laughs> Well, we don't have well, our, our werewolf bus driver anymore, so... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and since you do ritual stuff, it's not like you can cast spells on the fly. You really are kind of... No, my specialization is actually... It's it's crafting. So oh, okay. if, if I've forgotten it, or if I don't have it, then we're screwed. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the absent-mindedness. <laughs> that's going to turn into an aspect Um, 
So, um, so Candace, your shop that you run, um, mm-hmm. does it have a sitting area? Uh, I didn't think about it that way. I was just thinking your normal. Like a... I was thinking, I was thinking in terms of you know um, you're a scholarly person and you love books, and you might have a little bookshelf there and a couple of little chairs, um, where some people can sit and chat and drink some coffee and read a book maybe or something like that. And so because they do that, um, and because yours is a magical shop, you're going to tend to have particular customers who are who know a lot and might chat and might feel safe with you hearing that they're whatever they're chatting about. Um, And so that might be a source of information for you. And in that way, you couldn't, you could have actually known about the black court vampire. Mm. Yeah. Okay. We can do it that way. Um, The other thing is they, I've got, hang on now. I've got a couple skills that might tie into that one as well. Like I've got a good, a fair, sorry, a fair stealth. Mm -hmm. And I've only listed my contacts as plus one because I'm not native to the city. So my contacts, Mm -hmm. while they might be regular customers, might not be... they're not going to come right out and say, well, my God, did you see that black court vampire? But they might mention something along the lines in a more subtle voice to their friends as they're discussing things over the cup of chai. Right, right. And then, and that's what I was thinking. They're not going to come talk to you. Yeah. But they're, they're going to talk amongst themselves in a quiet, low tone. Yep. Thinking, thinking that you're not maybe going to hear them or whatever, mm. but yet you do hear them and they don't know that you are, you know, a, you know, a little bit of what they would consider a little bit. You, you know, a lot for like a mortal person, but you, but they're not threatened by your presence. You know, they don't like stop mm. talking when you enter the room or something. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That works. So, okay. Well- just a, a clarification, or at least, at least for my um, edification, mm-hmm. if she's a focused practitioner, mm-hmm. she's not. I mean, she's a considerable step above a, a mundane. I oh, mean, right, right, yes, or, but um, but I'm just talking more in terms of you know, she's not a wizard, so if she has a sort of high-powered person come in there. Because it is a real magic shop, so she will have those customers that have a lot of power. Mm. You know, they're not necessarily going to just spill the spill their guts to her, but they're also not going to really worry about her. You know, lying to them or telling someone else something they said or being afraid of what they're saying. You know what I mean? No, no, no. I understand that. I, I'm just thinking that it's probably more likely that there's going to be many more people. Um, closer to her power level in terms of super, supernatural abilities than are than there are going to be people like me or Red. Is oh, all absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 
Yeah, the beyond other... a doubt. But but I think okay, that... okay, I just that, that's fine. I just wanted yeah, to make yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, the other thing is too is I'm not local, so I'm not necessarily going to know everything that's going on. If somebody says something vague about a certain area of town or makes reference to like a certain group of people might already be aware that they've got black court vampires, mm-hmm. but I might not realize that they might be just tra- talking about the quote unquote trouble by the bridge. And I wouldn't right. know what the hell they're talking about because I'm not local mm-hmm. or I haven't been in town long enough. Do you know what right. I mean? Or, yeah. They might use a local slang term for something that they don't want someone to know. And so you'll hear that term thrown around, Yeah, but you don't really know. You can't connect it to a real life thing that you know of. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, not off the, not right off the bat, anyway. Right, right. <laughs> okay. Um, so, how are we going to connect that to Aaron's story? Ah, uh, it might. Um, well, they do need somebody to drive the car. <laughs> <laughs> do you have drivers? Well, I have driving one, <laughs> maybe two. Hang Better on. Yeah, no, I have driving one. Which is more than I've got. Um, yeah, but you can still drive if you don't have driving. It's more along the lines of being able to find your way around I'm, town. Or being... I'm actually deliberately not taking driving because he spent most of his formative years in Scotland and he's not comfortable driving on the left side of the road. <laughs> or, the right, or the correct side of the road. Um, See? So, anyway. Um... We can, uh, fitting it in. I mean, besides just driving, I mean, I don't want to reduce Candace's character to make potions for people and then drive them to where they need to go. Mm-hmm. See, that's um, funny because I was kind of exactly thinking that. Make potions and supply us. Please, go ahead. <laughs> Give me your money. It's welcome here. Because <laughs> uh, well, I mean, let's you, face if, it, I'm not going to have the slinging power that you guys are going to have. I am literally going to be... Support girl. But with your guns. Or any other combat, for that matter. You're going to at least need to have guns to protect yourself. Um, what about, I mean, Not what if about, they I can't mean, see could, me. You could sneak around and <laughs> eavesdrop, because I know you took something for, to see Yeah, but that's... that's I'm, I'm thinking of her, of her character as ending up being a right place, right time kind of person. Yeah. Where uh, she's she's there to um, to make the potions and whatnot, and to provide a little bit of information and some stability uh, and some healing stuff there. First uh, edition, yeah. But at the same time, you know, there's going to be circumstances that are going to just place her because it's her destiny in a situation where there's trouble and you guys happen to be there. And even though, you know, you guys might have, you know, more powerful spells or whatnot, that's not her role. So that's okay. There's going to be other stuff for her to do. So, yeah. Okay. So let me back up. Where is this whole big black court thing going down? Is it going to be someplace I'm going to be driving by? Am I going to be making a delivery to a customer in the area and notice something out of the way and just happen to be there with the appropriate potion in my pocket? Is Would I, that I th- be – how is that? Would that I, I think good? that works. I think you're, you're making a, a delivery, a late-night delivery, probably your last one of the day, 
and happen to to catch you know catch a glimpse out of me out of your eye and you stop to see what what I'm doing and then you happen to have something useful. Oh, that works with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm not, so it's probably not something specifically anti-vampire, but you know, it's something that well, might be useful in that sort of. I mean. Something in maybe the delivery I'm making is um I don't know the magical equivalent of a Molotov cocktail and a flashbang, you know? Yeah, that'd be good maybe. for uh, Black Court. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know, just something to distract them long enough to get the hell. Or maybe out of it's there. or maybe it's something that you keep on yourself as kind of you know uh, like in case you get mugged or something. You know, something oh, you can here's, just throw here's, out. Here's, how about this? Um, so uh, Dahlia is driving, and she's going to go drive across the Congress Avenue Bridge to her last drop-off. And um, on her way there, she's about four or five blocks away, and she sees Stuart um, walking pretty quickly. And she sort of pulls over and says, hey, you know, what are you doing out here at night or whatever a typical greeting might be? Uh, <laughs> and, you know, do you want to ride somewhere? And he looks around and then hops in the car and says, yeah, I'm, I'm following a guy. He went up there and, and went around the corner. Can you go drive over there? And she says, ooh, you know, what's going on? And, and he says something about, oh, you know, I don't want you to get involved. It's going to be dangerous. It's whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he mentions Black Court. And she happens to have a little trinket that her grandmother gave her and told her, you know, if you ever run into a, anyone that's affiliated with the Black Court, just make sure you have this on you. And she gives it to him. How about that? I'm cool with that. That was fun. And of I, course, yeah, I think my red, problem is with my, yeah. I was, when I was going through my, um, what am I looking for here? Like the enchanted items and the focus items and stuff like that, I was thinking, what can I make for me? I haven't, I wasn't really concentrating on, oh, what could I have gotten from Nan? What could I have gotten from mm -hmm. Red or William or other people? So I'm, give me a minute and I'll incorporate all that too. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I mean, you know, we're, we're of course, you know, being that this is the first time we're doing this, it's not going to be perfect and we'll be able to tweak as we go. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, you know, part of, part of the way this game works is you, you know, you say, um, you know, you, uh, you, we can be in the middle of the game and you could say, oh, you know, that works perfectly. Here's my reasoning for wanting to do this, whatever particular action or has just by chance have this item. Mm. And if it works, it works. I mean, it's, it's about, you know, creating the scene. So if you, just because you might not say, that you have this particular item right now during character creation doesn't mean you don't have any possibility of getting it. Okay? Yeah, that's just, like the languages too. Right, exactly. Potions um, actually work that way too. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so we've got William's backstory and we've got uh, John Strange's Red's backstory. What's, uh, or what's Dahlia's main story? That's a very good question, Sam. I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's yeah, a great okay. time to explain it, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah. Uh -huh. 
Okay. What if... I'd really like to tie it into the store somehow, just because it, that is kind of the focal point of her life right now. Um, okay. And I don't necessarily want it to be some big, fancy conflict, simply mm-hmm. because, you know, I, we have two wizards for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if it was something a little bit more mundane, like uh, the local something or another possibly tied in with the nudists because apparently I'm focused on that. <laughs> um, what if they needed something? Oh, okay. What if... No, that wouldn't work. I was thinking some kind of a magical sunburn lotion. Well, h- how about this? The, um... Like related to the werewolves local... or something. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Well, Sorry. <laughs> if, if you were saying mundane, so what if you were supporting... The, um, the 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 nudists or whatever that group is, right? And it turned out that all the business and you put like, maybe some posters uh, of this in the in your uh, in your store, mm. and then you got this incredible backlash, uh, a political uh, backlash. That's basically they they're trying to push you out, and you have to fight to keep the store. So it's you know it's it's going to be. Uh, not just you know someone giving snide comments, but you could technically maybe they found a loophole to try to cheat you out of your 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 uh, business, and you had to fight for that. And there's a lot of political intrigue that you maybe you have to deal with. And then maybe you can use one of us on the periphery to maybe, uh, especially if the if they start hiring local goons to try mm-hmm. to smash up your uh, your building, then we can kind of go and we can take care of that aspect while you take care of the bigger plot, which is actually the political maneuverings. The, the only problem with that is my social combat sucks. So they'd take my store and stomp all over me. <laughs> Damn. And we couldn't. No, 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 no. How about this? I mean, red, I mean, you've got connections, even though you're, you know, kind of lost it. You've, you're still got connections to, uh, some of the, the founding families, you might have those. You might be able to take care of that part of it, or at least help Candace's uh, character take part of that. While I do something like I don't know, uh, bring up a ward around the the shop or something, at, at least um, as a temporary measure. What if we did something being... that tied in with the electrical company? Because the electrical company is. Hang on now. Let me bring that up. Come on, where is it? Well, I, I was actually thinking in terms of Red's Red's role in that could be he could just walk around and tell all of the all of the homeless people and all the people at, at the first Thursday festival, you know, get them all to maybe, you know, vocally support the shop and, and maybe sign a little homegrown petition or whatever to not let not let the shop be forced out and, and whatnot, because he's got a lot of connections just among the people. Rather than having to go to his family, because that sort of makes him the center of the story if he's the one that actually yeah. does something to save yeah. it. Okay, so what if, okay, what's our, um, okay, no, I was, I'm kind of going with the electrical company theme here now. What if there is a problem with it, or what if there was some kind of a threat because of the political machinations? with the nudists and the upper crust folks got involved and they started to put pressure on somebody somewhere along the way 
you know, get this person out, close her down, get rid of her. We don't want her here. And it comes about some filters down through somewhere along the lines. And then that way we could have red going through and kind of drumming up the, uh, the grassroots support. But at the same point in time, we could have William. There we go. We could have William do something to protect me from, say, the nastier aspects of the more supernatural thugs or the more, like, ward the shop or ward the windows so that they're not going to get beat out with bricks. Okay. Yeah. And and how, did, how do you get out of the problem? Well, everybody loved my nan, and they just decided... <laughs> Let's give poor little Dahlia a chance because she makes really good suntan lotion. And I don't know. Community I'll, I'll support. Do you, I'll, I'll, I'll do you one do. better. I'll, I'll do you one better. You happen to know that your nan helped the CEO of Austin Light and Power. Ooh, when okay. when he was told everything, you know, when he was let into the – remember, he wasn't in the know. And yep. they let him into the know because they had to, right? Yep. Because he was he was going to shut down the towers, and they wanted them to be still around. They needed them to be still around. You happen to know that when they told him, he started to go crazy, and your nan helped him. So when all this stuff starts happening, uh, and it starts becoming clear that they're really going to do it, they're really going to try to push you out and get you out of town and, and get rid of you, Okay, and close the shop down. They've never liked it, blah, 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 all this crap, right? You call up Austin Light and Power. Now, you don't know how to get a hold of the guy. You just happen to know. You find maybe in one of your old files or something in the back a note that he had written her or a thank you note or something. Uh, and you're, and you, you later on that day, you notice in the newspaper, hey, that's that guy that was on that note. And you start putting two and two together. And you go and do a bunch of research and read up about Austin Light and Power, and you learn that he's the CEO now, and you learn all this stuff about him, and you try to get a hold of him, and, and you have to fight really hard to even just get to talk to him on the phone. And finally you get through to him, and you talk to him, and it doesn't matter that your social combat is low or whatever, because at this point it's just negotiation, and you're just saying, I need help, and you were helped at one time, and I need I need help because you might need help later again. And he gives in, and he he politically pulls strings in the background to make sure that uh, your shop is not shut down. Okay. I like that. Let's do that. And so what did I do again? So, I <laughs> so Red, so, so here's the thing, right? This wasn't just like a one-day thing. This was over several weeks they were trying to do this, okay? Yeah. They were trying to shut her her store down and at first it was just little voices and stuff and it wasn't anything like that and so she told you guys about it because you're friends but it wasn't really a big deal well after two or three weeks they started getting violent so uh william decided he was going to sort of put a warder around uh the, the place and make sure that nothing could physically uh, harm it um and this is also to- I-, I could also have given her like a uh, an enchanted item at this point to make sure that she isn't physically harmed either. Right. Correct. Okay. And meanwhile, Red sort of takes it upon himself to to go around and uh, at the next f- uh, first Thursday festival or whatever, he goes around and talks to all the people who who know him and tells them, you know, hey, you know that 
little novelty trinket shop down there. They're trying to put her out of business and this, that, and the other, and gets all the people upset that they're trying to push her out of business and puts a little bit of grassroots pressure on the other businesses in the neighborhood. And that's why they had to go up a level and take it politically because around that neighborhood, nobody wanted to push her out anymore because you sort of rallied all the, the grassroots people. Okay, so that's that's how you're involved there. Now, I'm trying to figure out aspects that I would get from these helpings. You know, we all right. establish what we get from the – actually, Candace, did you get the first, the aspect from your first adventure? I guess you're still working on that too, right? Well, so uh, I'm, I was just going to ask – I was sort of going to say let's go over these again and, and talk about the aspects directly. Mm. Well, I, so, I think I could figure out what mine is for, for reds anyway, um, even for – for Candace's, but for mine, I'm kind of lost. <laughs> okay, well, let me um, let me go over these and then make sure I've got all the facts right. And if we want to embellish or take things away, we'll do it at that point. So Red's story is um, he's who were you who who were you on to? Did he have a name? Uh, no, I just called him the Psychomancer. Okay, so uh, Red is following the psychomancer, thinks he's finally got him cornered, trying to protect everyone at the same time, figures out when it's too late that he was actually the target of the psychomancer from the beginning. And he's in a sort of weakened state, and at the end... uh, William and Dahlia step in and help him out. Now, how did that come about now? You were in a building and you were fighting? Yeah, I, I was in the... Uh, I left it when I was knocked unconscious. And then uh, William found me and uh, essentially started attacking the guy. And then you know, we finished him off. And where? how did... Uh, sorry, Dahlia, I... She nursed you back to health. Oh, yeah, she nursed me back to health. Right, right. Um, Because at that point, I was just maybe firing off all crazy completely. So, um, and then from that one, I I got the aspect of we are family. And then. Okay. So, so, William, William, what's your aspect from that? That will go on your phase four. uh, For this one, um, I. I decided my aspect is just in the nick of time. Okay. And um, Dahlia, what's your aspect for that? We're going to go with a pass. I'm taking this all in, and I'm going to come back to it after. Seriously, Sam, I'm way too much information coming at me right now for me to just go, aspect! (laughs) Okay. Um. All right, so then William's story is he f- runs across somehow a black court vampire. Decides well, uh, I didn't run across it. I One of the deaths that they reported in the news, I recognized yeah. as yeah. probably some sort of vampire. Okay, and tells Red about it. Red gives him some help, some information, and some a couple of different uh i'll call them trinkets (laughs) um and goes after the guy 
William goes after the guy, runs into Dahlia on the way, gets another emblem thing from Dahlia, doesn't know that Red was following him. When he finally gets to the Black Court vampire, starts fighting him, and is about to be ambushed when the vampires notice Red and so decide to not get into a large fight. William defeats the Black Court vampire, but barely, with the help of Dahlia's emblem, her her grand's emblem, and also, of course, was saved by Red because Red was there and so they, the other vampires didn't attack. Okay, so what's your aspect from that? Mine um, would be uh, sometimes it's so bad you can smell the crazy. <laughs> and and that would be kind of, you know, him – sometimes he's, it's so off that, you know, he in, in, intimidates people and mm-hmm. – um, So that's actually twofold because when William was done taking care of the Black Court vampire and Red told him, oh, there were three or four more. Exactly. And William right there, was he got like, to compel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. And I'll skip asking Candace what her No, no, actually, is. you can ask oh, you me this time. you have an aspect for that one? Okay. I think What's I your have aspect for that one? <laughs> can, I go, can I go with well-timed delivery? Of course. I, oh, I nice. really enjoy that one. Um, I think I've got one for me for that one, too, uh, which is Where Fools Fear to Tread. Sorry, I'm trying to um, make sure I keep everybody's... Yeah, you haven't seen my page full of doodles, so we're cool. (laughs) Okay, so what I don't have is an aspect for William in Dahlia's story. Um, an, a- an aspect for Red in Dahlia's story, and an aspect for Dahlia in her own story and in Red's story. So, uh, William's aspect in Dahlia's story. Um, I can't come up with anything snappy. It, it should be something about protecting, but I'm, I'm having a hard time thinking of anything. Short okay. to good, the point on that. Good, off, good defense is a strong offense? Uh, no. Because you were protecting so. at the time. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I was protect. I'm not sure that that... No, I, I don't think that fits. Um, let me think. Uh, go on to red while I, I think of on mine. If I can come up with a mine. Okay. Uh, so for red, I don't have his aspect in Dahlia's story. It's, uh, I'm the good kind of crazy. Because <laughs> I'm figuring he, you know, he tried to get the people to, to help along. And so he mm-hmm. kind of did a whimsical crazy for those type of people. You're like, oh, he's just kind of a kooky old guy, but we like him. So. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So, so Dahlia, what are you thinking? Well, the first one that comes to mind is they like me. They really like me. But <laughs> I wouldn't want to burst into tears at the podium or anything. Um, I don't know. Support from unexpected c- corners. 
Um, except it's... that's not about you. That's about the other people. Mm, true. Ah, but it could be turned in that I owe these people or I feel obligated to help these people now when they're in trouble. Could a, the... friend, a friend in need know. is a friend indeed. Sure. Okay. That works. But also remember she, she got help from the the chairman of the power company. So that was Yeah, exactly. Her. Yeah. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And anything for your involvement in Red's story? That's the where you healed him. Something about laying on hands. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Cure light wounds. <laughs> I was thinking nurse's uniform, but I really didn't want to go there. Um, oh, what was that? Um, I'm really drawing a blank, which is, uh, it's killing me. Hands of an That's angel? Okay. Oh, yeah. Do you know how and many burn you... scars she's got on her hands from that easy bake oven? <laughs> well, I'm just saying that that you could maybe parlay that into bake, like divine intervention. Your, like, how about bake your way to health? Oh, I like that. Let's go with that one. Courtesy of a light bulb. Because maybe your you, maybe your your healing potion was actually cooked in the easy bake oven. That's something you need a magical yeah. easy bake oven. I do have one. It's one of my focus <laughs> items. <laughs> There's a reason it was featured so prominently in my background. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so the only one left then is William's aspect for Dahlia's story. Uh, I'm going to go with no messing with my friends. All right, very good. Okay, so now we move on to... We don't necessarily need to do skills and whatnot. Um, oh, come on, Sam. I've got those done. I'm prepared for that part. <laughs> We, we can we can waving. go over them really quickly. Okay, I mean, that's fine if you want to do I think, that. Yeah, I think we're all we've all got them done, so it won't take long. Okay. Uh, well, okay. Who wants to go first? I will, for once. Okay. Yay. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, I divvied mine up. Um, I've got two greats, four goods, and five each, fair and average. Okay. That's just the way um, my skills breakdown worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, my two plus four are lore and scholarship to reflect the fact that she's supremely bookish but still kind of arcane. Okay. Uh, my plus three are conviction, resources, craftsmanship, and endurance. Um, I threw endurance in there because she's going to need to be a little bit tougher and late night study sessions and, you know, spending three mm-hmm. days awake would be good. Okay. Um, I went with resources because she's got, well, she's got the magic shop for one thing. So that's going to be some good money coming in. Craftsmanship because she likes to tinker, uh, altering regular things into a little bit more things that look mundane but actually serve a magical purpose, i.e. her easy bake oven. Uh, her plus two are discipline, deceit, rapport, stealth, and empathy. Just I'm starting to get down to the stuff now where she would have throughout the she would have developed throughout her life, but not necessarily big uber skills, just things that you pick up along the way. Okay. And her average, her plus one skills are investigation, presence, driving, alertness, and contacts. Okay. And uh, do you have stunts and powers picked out? Yep, I got those two. All right, let's hear them. I had to take uh, Ritual 
because I am a focus practitioner. Uh, my specialization is crafting. Now, it was a little bit ambiguous in the text. Um, I wasn't sure if I had to select a subtype of crafting or if all the crafting fell underneath, like if I only had to sub uh, to specialize in crafting. What do you Good think on that question. one, Sam? Um, because otherwise, well, it, it doesn't really say. That was the thing. With Because um, crafting with covers... The... Oh, go ahead. With Thaumaturgy, which is like uh, Ritual's big brother, yep. when you, you get a specialization, you choose what type, and then, so like it would be crafting. I actually had crafting in mine also. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you choose complexity or frequency for for crafting. It's actually a little bit different than the other ones, which means yeah. that you could either... And you, you just choose one of those, so, so it would be crafting complexity or crafting uh, power. Oh, see, I skimmed down through thaumaturgy briefly, and I didn't really... That didn't really sink in. Uh, I see. Hang on, let me flick it open. What page are we on for that? It would be great if I had that on my hand, hand right here. Uh, oh. Is it under thaumaturgy? Then it's going to be, let's see. Because 280 has crafting specializations. And it says they usually affect frequency or strength without making you spend an extra slot to do it. And I, is that what you're talking about, how it ties into thaumaturgy? Because I didn't really read a hell of a lot of thaumaturgy simply because I had to pick a specialization. And I'm... Hang on. Um, it's... Um... It's under powers. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. looking through thaumaturgy can't, now. Can't find it right now. There we go. Supernatural powers. It actually says... Um... I just had it. 181. What's your, what's your specialization? I went with just crafting. Oh, well, specialization. Sorry, potions. Okay. Because that's really all that's given other than hidden power. And that doesn't really make sense for an alchemist. Yeah, see, the specialization, it says, full thaumaturgy grants the ability to specialize in one form of it, focusing on a particular application. Specialization can take on one of two forms, either complexity bonus or control bonus. So that really doesn't apply to ritual. And maybe you don't get a specialization with ritual. No, I don't. It just says... um, I'm able to use it as described on 261, but my use is restricted to one particular application or thematic subject matter. Define this limit when you take the ability, and it shunts you to 272 for ideas. And one of the things that's given there is crafting. Other than, rather than, say, wards or veils or summoning and bonding. Because the crafting makes sense with with my type. Template, so what's what's the question? I would assume so. Now you could just make all these enchanted items. With yeah, that's that's okay. what I was wondering about because crafting covers enchanted items, focus items, and potions. Yeah, I think I was, you get all. Of that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, yeah. but I wanted to just that, double check. That's what it sounded like to me as well. So uh, the way I'm reading it, as I'm reading over the crafting stuff, is you can make anything that you want, any of those types of stuff that we just talked about, that Mm -hmm. they just mentioned. Um, The thing that's going to be different is, you know, how long it takes you and 
how powerful it is and yeah you know how much time you have to spend making sure that it's perfect and you know how you can tell if it's good or not basically um that's the only thing that that's going to vary so yeah i mean I, that's how i'm reading it anyway because you are a focused practitioner you're not a wizard so you're not using the the thaumaturgy as a full on thaumaturgy you're using crafting as that's my as, thing. Uh, as the thing that yeah. you do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's how I'll rule it for now. And if we decide later on that it reads differently, then that's fine too. Then I'll redo okay. everything. <laughs> <laughs> I also took the refinement with that for the record. Because, okay. uh, and the refinement gave me either two extra, two extra photos, focus items or four extra enchanted items. And I went with, for enchanted items because those would be potion slots for me. Okay. Uh, I had linguist. The oh, Well, those are it for my powers right now. I can go. Okay. Do you want me to go down through my focus items? Because I don't. Shh. Yes, go ahead. Okay. Um, I was kicking around the idea of having two plus one potion complexity focus items, be, one being my easy bake oven and the other being a tricked out coffee maker, like an altered coffee maker. Okay. Um. That way I could have two potions going the once, or I wasn't sure if I wanted to just make my Easy Bake Oven a plus two. Eh. I think I'm actually going to go with the oven and the coffee maker. Yeah, I would do two items myself. Well, it's it's either that or I switch one up. So, But yeah. yeah. All right, so the Easy Bake Oven and the coffee maker for plus one, compotion, plus one potion complexity each. and. Awesome. I don't have my enchanted items um, defined yet because I was thinking probably they're probably just going to end up being potions. Decided okay. as is. Okay. And for stunts, I took no pain, no gain, which gives me an additional mild physical consequence, I think it is. Yeah. Um, I took high-quality workplace which allows my workplace to serve two functions. Well, I'm taking it to serve two functions. As Give me a second now. I wrote down what they were. And, of course, that page has disappeared. <laughs> one was an arcane library, and I think the other one was an arcane workshop. Okay. Both are associated with the lore skill. So instead of just having a single-purpose workspace, mine serves two. I took Blend, which gives me plus two stealth in a crowd. And I took Linguist, which gives me four extra languages. Two of which may be rare slash unknown. Okay. And that's it. That's what I've got. So my total refresh adjustment is minus seven. All right. Okay, sounds good. Who wants to go next? I'll go next. Uh, I'll start with my skills. Uh, I've got three at plus four. Uh, those are conviction, discipline, and lore. Uh, all the basic wizard ones, uh, representing that he's a and he's a really good wizard. He's a, a well-rounded wizard. Um, I have three at uh, good plus three. Those are investigation, endurance, and alertness. It just seems like the kind of thing that William would have. Um, 
I have three again at fair plus two. Those are scholarship, um, which seems fairly obvious considering his curiosity. Craftsmanship mm-hmm. for something. I mean, he's going to have to make his own stuff. And weapons, uh, that being one of his focus items is a knife, and he'd probably need to know how to use it. Um, okay. I have eight at average, plus one. Um, those are contacts, uh, resources, uh, empathy, rap- uh, rapport, deceit, presence, fists, and athletics. You'll note that I put all my social skills at, at average. <laughs> um and that's all my skills. Okay. And what about, uh, did you do... I have done my powers. Okay, let's hear them. Um, uh, obviously, I have to take uh, evocation. And as my, you have to take three elements to start. Those are ones that you know. Um, you can add more with refinement, but I didn't. And my three elements are spirit, water, and earth. Okay. Uh, Thaumaturgy is another one. I didn't take anything additional to that. Uh, Wizard's Constitution, Soul Gaze, uh, The Sight, those are all required. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took Refinement twice. The first one is for Evocation Water, giving me a plus one to Power and Control. Uh, the second Refinement uh, was for uh, Focus Items. And I traded out one of the focus items for two enchanted item slots. Okay. Uh, I haven't put anything in those yet. I haven't decided whether I want uh, potions or uh, actual items for it yet. But I did uh, pick my focus items. Uh, The first one is a knife, uh, which gives me plus one power to offensive evocations with spirit. Uh, The second is a necklace which is plus one control with defensive evocations with water. And the last one is a staff, which is plus one control with offensive evocations with water. Okay. And I'll put these in the wave because obviously you probably couldn't write that all. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not writing all these down. I'm just getting a good idea of what you guys are looking at. So what's your total refreshment adjust? Uh, minus nine. Okay. Uh, and so then that brings us to red. Alrighty. <clears throat> um, I basically went to the one through five method. So uh, at five is a uh, discipline because he's constantly trying to uh, overcome his uh, his insanity. And he's really trying to work on that. Mm-hmm. Next is lore. Is on four lore. And uh, alertness, that kind of keys in with his uh, being able to see real well and crazy eyes type thing. <laughs> uh, his con- three is conviction because it used to be higher, but you know it got dropped down because this is really messing with his beliefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, also at three is investigation and contacts. Okay. At two is intimidation, just because he's kind of crazy. It just kind of comes along with the territory. Resources, because uh, he has a whole bunch of junk. Some of his stuff's actually good in working order. Athletics and rapport, because I wanted him to be kind of a a nice crazy guy. 
And uh, one is presence, uh, since he's kind of shattered in that. It used to be higher, but then now it's lower. Endurance, fists, guns, and deceit, just because I couldn't really think of anything else. And I think he'll need to lie every once in a while, especially if <laughs> he's uh, seeing things, although he may not mm-hmm. lie well. Uh, let's see here. Powers are pretty standard. Evocation, earth, spirit, fire, with a specialization in earth control. Okay. Um, thaumaturgy. I, you know, given that Dahlia is into crafting, I may change this because okay. I went crafting and with frequency. But maybe we can. I'll, I'll think about. It. We'll find out. Um. And of course, the site, Soul Gaze, Wizard's Constitution. Um, for magic items, he has two focus items. Oh, and he also has two uh, specializations. One that gives a uh, plus one to earth control, and the other one that gives a plus, uh, increases the previous plus one in power to a plus two in power. So. The refinements are kind of making up for his lack of um, conviction. Okay. And let's see here. Okay, and for his focus items, the uh, the rod, he has a rod, uh, plus two power offensive earth magic. And glove is plus one power defensive spirit magic. And two enchanted items. One's going to be a potion slot. And the other one is a magic top hat. And <laughs> okay. it, prov- it provides armor uh, twice a session. And I'm thinking right. it's going to be a red and white, you know, cat in the hat when it's full power. And then, mm-hmm. and then when it's when it's hit, when it only has one charge left, it's, it's essentially, once it gets used as one, it turns all red. And then when it's used up, it turns black. So it'll be like, that guy keeps having different color hats. <laughs> But it all okay. depends on how it's being used. Um, let's see here. I, I do have the rote spells. Do you want okay. to mention these? Or... Sure. Okay. So uh, one is buoyancy. Essentially, it's a maneuver with one uh, shift for duration. And uh, that essentially is going to make the target uh, weightless. So I could use that either to make an enemy to be knocked off guard or you know, make them make it easy for me to use it. Or I could use it to assist in climbing and or jumping down a building or whatever. Uh, toss object. Now, this is essentially a much easier to read version of the grasping branches example spell that they have in the book, which is convoluted. <laughs> and so reading it four times is just doesn't help. Um, but essentially... Uh, I'll take a look if there's anything near me. I'll roll a, a, a declaration based on alertness. You know, is there some trash nearby? Uh, if so, toss that object, throwing it at the uh, the target as a uh, attack five, and then I would get the uh, plus two because I'd, I'd do an invoke on it to to hit. So okay. these are all all my rote spells are earth magic. He turned very earthy in in the spell making section. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, got one more thing. Uh, two more gravity overdrive, which is essentially an uh, offensive block. It acts like grapple, and so it'll take one target and basically push them to the ground so they can't move, and also eventually start 
hurting them. And uh, instead of uh, an invisible little shield, like uh, Dresden, a debris shield, it just grabs a whole bunch of junk from around the place and turns it into a barrier in front of them. Okay. That's it. Awesome. Okay, is there anything else that uh, anybody wants to add before I summarize and we move on? I don't okay. think so. Um, no, I was just going to make a horribly lame joke about my aspect for my main, my first story. Uh, I'll, <laughs> okay, I'll we got to say it now. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to change it to, they see me rolling, they be hating. <laughs> You're right, that is bad. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> That's all I have to say, really. <laughs> I could throw uh, a little I'll... lol cat. <laughs> you know, it'd be funny. Anyway. Uh, I'll have rope spells eventually, but I don't have them right now. I'm still not... Uh familiar enough with the system to, to feel mm-hmm. comfortable making them yet. Yeah, I mean, I, I have an idea of what I want. I just don't know how quite how to do them yet. Yeah, yeah, it's and not I'm, like the example spells help. Yeah, I, no. I, I'm not super familiar either, so... It, it doesn't help that they're... I, I'm obviously primarily a, a water-based uh, wizard. Um, mm-hmm. Not solely, obviously, but... And there aren't a lot of examples of that... In the books, whether they be you know the the game books or the novels or anything else, so it's been a little hard. Mm-hmm. In that Except for Ramirez, right? He's the except only... for Ramirez, and and obviously I don't want to copy exactly what Ramirez has got, even though well, what he has. Leah okay, is no, a no no spoiling. Oh, sorry. No. Leah is a is a <laughs> she's water based. You could start Who's? taking Leah, uh, Justin's. I'm not oh, saying. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. That... Leah, I think that's yeah. farther than me. Leanna, Leanna, G. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so let's sum up here. Um, we've got Red, John Red Strange, who is a wizard with the high concept of homeless wizard fighting his way back to sanity, with a trouble aspect of I can perceive so much it's unreal. Unreal. I can't read my writing. I can perceive so much I can't read my writing. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Those aren't smudges, so let's man. Let's do that again. Yeah, let's do that again. Uh, homeless wizard fighting his his way back to sanity is the high concept. And then the trouble aspect is I can perceive so much it's unreal. Phase one aspect is father's help has strings attached. Phase two aspect is I can and will do it myself. The next phase aspect is we are family. Next is sometimes it's so bad you can smell the crazy. (laughs) Sometimes it's so bad you can smell the crazy. And the final aspect is I'm the good kind of crazy. Trust me, I'm the good kind of crazy. Trust me. I'm noticing a theme here. There's (laughs) Yeah. And uh, and he wears a cat and a hat hat. Yep. And then we have Dahlia, and uh, the high concept there. Oh, you know, she's a focus practitioner, and her high concept is absent-minded alchemist. The trouble aspect is right here. Not that you'd notice. First phase aspect is ooh shiny. <laughs> Next is books are a girl's best friend. 
Next we have a friend in need is a friend indeed. And then a well-timed delivery. And then bake your way to health. I like that one. My wife will love this uh, that character. <laughs> easy, easy bake ovens for the win. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And then we have William Stewart, also a wizard, whose high concept is wise-ass young white council wizard, whose trouble aspect is wizards have nine lives like cats, right? <laughs> uh, first phase aspect is no more normal life. Next we have you can't go home again, followed by where fools fear to tread. And then just in the nick of time and no messing with my friends. And there we have our little group. So, uh, you know, we still have a lot of stuff to work through. Um, I still have to finish reading the books and all that. Um, but I do want to ask you guys what sort of campaign that you – or what sort of game that you want to play. Um, I mean, I, I need to know what you're envisioning in order to sort of provide the right tone and the right – setting and whatnot for you guys. Um, Let me see what I told you already, Sam, so yeah. everybody has an idea of what I wrote, if I can find it. <laughs> um, here it is. Uh, mostly I want to balance. I want a combination of like the inv mystery investigation stuff, uh, as well as the action and, and social. Uh, I kind of want to emphasize on a horror I mean, because we've got the the Black Court and the Necromancers, so I think going kind of a in that direction isn't a bad idea. And uh, I want it relatively serious, but not not all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I can go. I'm, I think the aspects of the, uh, especially the first things that Aaron said, the um, for the theme, it sounds great. Uh, as for the grittiness. Yeah, I would think. Oh, I don't mind comic relief if it comes from the players, because mm -hmm. I am playing a kind of a crazy weird guy. Uh, <laughs> but but I'm but I'm not sure if, if I want the story to take that. You know, you know, mm -hmm. almost like in a horror movie where you have the the jokes to break up the tension, but you don't make it. It's not part of the story. Yeah. So just because I look like the cat in a hat, I I, I don't want to have to fight. You know, the uh, <laughs> thing one thing two. Yeah. No, but I, I reserve the right to make those jokes if we're exactly. fighting two enemies at once. <laughs> You'll be fighting two fish, a red one and a blue one. <laughs> uh, no, okay. So, uh, well, uh, what about you, Candace? What do you think about the uh, the tone and the seriousness and the grittiness? No, I'm, uh, I'm with the guys. I like that. I want a nice balance and... Uh, I think Aaron's got it right on the mark with the whole horror because we do have necromancers and black court vampires. So, yep. Cool. Awesome. Okay, well, I, I will give you a little teaser about how it's going to start then. Um, Red is uh, sleeping in his normal spot that he sleeps in. Um, he moves around quite a bit, but he probably has one or two spots that he considers his own. Uh, like most homeless people do. As long as one of them is not on the shop's back doorstep. <laughs> Get um, <no> respect. <laughs> and uh, he is 
he is woken up one night at about three in the morning. You have no idea, and he has no idea how he knows that it's around three in the morning. Um, but he gets woken up, and he and when he wakes up, it's pitch black. There's no stars. There's no moon. There's nothing. Uh, and he decides he needs to go to the bathroom, so he gets up to go urinate somewhere. And he walks over, and as he's looking for the best place to urinate that's probably the most private, he looks down and he sees a hand and no body. And it's pretty freshly bloody and uh, pretty cut up, and it has long manicured fingernails and... It's the size of a, of a probably, you know, a, a, a full-grown human woman, um, and it still has a wedding ring on its finger. So, so should I tell you what I do? Having the first step of Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I've never seen Dexter, so. <laughs> Okay, it, you're kind of uncanny, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so that's 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 where we're gonna start. So, uh, Red, if you want to say, if you know what you're gonna do, you can you can tell us what your plan is, what you're gonna do. Otherwise, we'll we'll stop here and we'll. Because I, I don't want to do too much because I, some people don't like to listen to the character creation episodes. So they, oh, so right, right. Not everybody will listen to this one probably. So whatever we do right now, I'm going to have to redo okay, uh, at the beginning of the next one. So if you, if you, if you have something cool that you're going to do, if it's a couple minutes, that's fine. Because what I'll do is I'll just cut it and put it on the beginning of the next one. Well, no, we'll, we'll do it official. Just, just, the first thing that sprang to mind was he'd, uh, he'd uh, grab – a paper towel or, or a rag or something and bundle it up. And then when he first talks to either the, uh, William or Dahlia, it's like, is, uh, basically, you know, do you see this? <laughs> 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 what does it look like to you? <laughs> so that, that's right. basically, that's the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> does this look like oh god oh. and you're the okay. good kind well, of crazy is that what you're saying yeah, well, maybe it's a maybe it's just a hot dog gone wrong and I, I'm just seeing things gone really wrong wow mutant hot dog with fingernails I don't know some of those things that go into hot dogs you just never know that's right it's a pre-hot dog <laughs> and suddenly we've moved from Dexter to Sweeney Todd. Oh gosh! <laughs> Why are they so hard these... to maintain that that horror motif if we're all making you know <laughs> dead baby jokes, hot hot dog know. jokes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so there you have it. I'm going to go ahead and stop recording. Say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Bye bye. Bye everybody. The Guild of Geeks would like to thank Evil Hat Productions for producing the Dresden Files RPG, as well as RPG MP3 for allowing us to post our actual play podcasts on this venue. And we would also like to thank you, the listener. We hope you've enjoyed this session. <laughs>